All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Can you see it? Did you The puck comes right to Pedersen, who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice. It only To the line, Hughes scores! In this existence, take you to the sun. First career NHL goal, Quinn Hughes makes it 1 nothing. You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes, the reporter here. Like, I don't, I won't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I'm one of the men in Valentine's Day. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What a Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks over at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season, capital H, capital S, all one word, Hockey Season. That will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic. That is Z-E-P-H-Y-R Epic. You can check them out on all platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, whatever it is. They've got you covered for all of your trading card needs, so be sure to to go check them out, retail location in Surrey, but if you choose to shop online at ZephyrEpic.com, there's free shipping Canada-wide on any order over $50. My name is Dave Quadrilli. I'm joined, as always, by the man who built the place, Chris Faber. Our technical producer, as always, is Alex Allard, and I want to give a special shout-out to uh, intern. We got an intern now, uh, Emil from BCIT, intern Emil, as he'll be known on the show, uh, joining us. Uh, yeah, he's watching the show. He's going to be clipping. He's going to be doing a, doing a whole bunch of different stuff for us, mainly doing social media. But very happy to have Emil joining the Canucks conversation and Canucks Army team. And my co-host, as I mentioned, Chris Faber, the man who built the place, 
dressing pretty nice for the YouTube live show watchers. Yeah, looking good. I got to ask about this. Uh, we got an intern, you said. What's the deal with this intern? They... Sorry, I have to cut you off. Yeah. I have to cut you off because this is my first show. I'm waiting for you to lift your mic to your mouth and you just started talking. I didn't even realize you got like a pilot's headset on. I've never, this is what they used to have um, back at the funny station. I, you, you and I both did work there. Those were the ones they had there. I like those, but at Sportsnet 650, the other station that we did work at, um, they have the stand-up mics. You don't have to hold them, but you, you know, you got the stand-up and then you got your headphones, which I didn't love. I, I like being able to just kind of move and the mics in the same place. I like that, but I, this this look for you, the uh, the uh, pilot, it looks pretty good. I think people are going to start to recognize this. I, I still need something in my left hand. So I've got a pen now full-time, and I'm just jotting down blah, blah, blah here and stuff there because I'm so – I said this on the show on Friday because Friday was the first day we did this. Thanks for watching, quads. Uh, but on Friday when I debuted this headset, I was like, it's so weird because for like 300 episodes, it was with a mic, and I never had it before. But uh, prior – to uh, to you coming on the show, I did just have a mic set up of like a Yeti, so it was just a mic, so uh, hands-free, going back to episode 59 on that one. So uh, yeah, I, I hope the audio is good. I listened back to a little bit of the podcast on Friday. It sounded fine. Uh, I've done a bunch of audio stuff through here. The only thing I have to worry about is the breathing, of course. Donnie and Dolly will teach you that. The breathing, as well as like when I want to drink, I don't think it picks it up if I do it quietly like nothing there right nothing there but if i give it like a i i didn't get anything you must have heard that a little bit there like so no no slurping or anything yeah i didn't like that that's not good for everybody with their (laughs) headphones in at work right now trying to sneak this through to get just uh you know get this podcast at two o'clock last little bit of the day and what do you got you got Faber slurping on his freaking monster uh to clear out (laughs) your day here uh one thing i want to bring up you said in the pre-show what what's the deal with this because i never seen these before but they're showing up on the ice not like when the candy was thrown at Elias Pettersson earlier in the year, but the Kit Kat pops. Re- walk me through this, quads. I don't understand what these pops are, but I know you're you're a fan, and I heard Alex before. Alex before the show. Normally, I can tell. I could like Alex drinks his coffee right at one o'clock. Okay, Alex. He's a little groggy. Normally in the pre-show, he's not all excited. He popped up in the pre-show here, hearing about these Kit Kat pops, which are similar to these multi. Walk me through these Kit Kat pops here. So. Advertising works, folks. If you want to advertise with hey. us, no, I'm just kidding. But you should advertise with us. But the Stanley Cup playoffs obviously started last night. We're not going to talk about the actual hockey that was played. I'm going to talk about the Kit Kat Pops ad because that got me thinking, okay, what what is this product? Because I like Kit Kats. Kit Kats are among my favorite uh, you know, chocolate bars. Maltesers are probably my favorite just like snack, my favorite sweet to have around. Um, I always, always have these things on me. I have so many in my pantry. Um, but the Kit Kat Pops are basically like Maltesers, Whopper, you know what I'm talking about, like a spherical candy, right? Sphere, spherical chocolate with the, you know, like the wafer or whatever you want to call it on the inside. That's what they're doing with these Kit Kat Pops is Kit Kat is basically giving their take on Maltesers. And Chris, I kid you not, last week I had this thought to myself. I didn't tell anybody about it, but I had this thought of, you know, I really like Maltesers, but... The inside of Maltesers, the inside of Whoppers, nothing like a Kit Kat, right? Yeah, like a yeah. Kit Kat, the inside of a Kit Kat with the wafer, right? You, you can't really beat it. So I was thinking, wow, I wish Kit Kat would do this. And then boom, a week later, I see it on game one of the cup final or cup final, excuse me, the Stanley Cup playoffs yep. game one, of course. Uh, and I, I'm really excited to go find them and I'm going to find them and I will give a review, but I didn't have time today. All right. I know Alex wants to get in on this because Alex, Alex is a fan of the uh or do we? Is it called malt candy? Is that what we're calling it? That's what it says on the bag, right? It's like a malt candy. Is that what Alex? You yeah, know the answer. Yeah, I think a- Alex knows the answer. Is this the right answer? What do you think about these Kit Kats, Alex? I know you're excited about them. Well, I have I I have no no idea about them. All right, all right then, Alex. You know, tell me all the stuff before electric. The show. Yeah. He's pumped. <laughs> I was just getting quads all pumped up. Okay, fair enough. Okay. I thought I heard some excitement in your voice before the show, Alex, but I guess not. Uh, all right. Moving on from there. The Kit Kat. I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to try them or not. I don't know. Are, are they just Kit Kats in ball form, or are they malt version of Kit Kat? 
Uh, no, it looks like Kit Kat's in ball form. Like, they showed the inside, and you saw some lines in there. Like, I'll show you what the... Actually, no, I'm not going to do that. I was going to say, I'll show you what the inside of a Malteser looks like, but I'm not going to do that right now. Let's let let's me, move on here. No, let's let me get do, going. Okay, let me get one food thing, and I, I came across this, and I'm... You know, I'm excited. Abbotsford, I love going out to Abbotsford. We'll talk Abbotsford playoffs in a second. The other day, I head over. I got an email from my good folks there at Arby's. They say, we got a new sandwich. So I head over to the website. Jeez, we need a sponsorship from Arby's. Because I came down to the Arby's website, I scroll down a little bit, and what do I see? This little three-person set right here. A triple cheese turkey BLT, four-piece mozzarella sticks, but here's the topper, a raspberry shake, okay? This is what I'm doing uh, my next trip out to Abbotsford. I'll be going out there tomorrow, the first home uh, first home playoff game of the season. I'm getting the turkey BLT, mozzarella sticks, raspberry shake. The website picked my whole meal for me. Thank you very much, Arby's. We need an Arby's sponsorship big time. Pull that back up, Alex. Did I just see that Arby's is making gyros now? Like, is that what is that what I just saw? They're they're making, like, Donaire's gyros here? Is that what I'm seeing? Hey, this has been going on. Uh, this is a two, two and a half plus year thing on those euros over there. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wait, Jeez. what did you call them? Euros. Gyro. Isn't it gyro? Euro. You're not cultured like no, I am, Claude. It's a euro. I don't know if that's true. Okay, okay. Let's move on. Someone in the chat will point it out. Everybody, uh, everybody in the chat is going to point like it out. Days. Yeah, well, everyone in the chat knows I'm right. They'll let me know in the chat for sure. All right, let's get to it. Um, I have it on the docket here. Alvin and Tockett to start, but I do want to start even prior to that, just with a couple little things. Some takeaways from the player availabilities that we had on Saturday as well, because Rick Tockett the head coach and the general manager, Patrick Alvin. They spoke on Monday. I was there. Uh, you've gone three. You got six articles up at Canucks Army from the from the media availability, so we'll dive into that. But quickly over the weekend, the players did meet. I, I think we can start with the biggest takeaway, and I think this. I feel like everyone's kind of on the same page here. The biggest takeaway was probably the surprise of just seeing Tanner Pearson there in the first place. I was surprised that he was one of the players that came out to talk, Obviously, it's a tough situation for him because there's been no other media availability since his injury. All we've heard is a press conference with the president and some doctors, as well as Quinn Hughes speaking out saying it wasn't handled correctly. So, I mean, the Tanner Pearson situation to me was the big story. Did you take away anything from what he talked about? I think this is this is a sticky situation for both sides, and you can kind of hear the way that Tanner Pearson was answering some of the questions. I don't think this story's over and he's just going to show up next year and play. I don't think that's the way this story's going right now. I think there's a lot more to this, and there may be some NHLPA getting involved here with the situation. Look, you feel you feel horrible for the player, and I think that's the thing that we have to keep at the front of mind when it comes to talking about the Tanner Pearson situation is all anybody on either side or anybody even looking at this situation wants to see is for Tanner Pearson to get healthy, right? Like he even said it. He, you know, he's asked about, I think, something about his hockey, and this isn't a knock to whoever asked the question. It was just that he said, like, I'm look, I'm just trying to get my hand back, right? Like he's just trying to be a dad again. He just wants to... Um, you know, really have his life back, right? Because right now what he's able to do is very, very limited. And look, to to even talk about like a NHL return, he's going to be behind the eight ball coming into camp, right? Like it's going to be so hard for him, even if he, um, you know, is actually done with surgeries as our pal Rick Dollywall has reported after six to seven, keep in mind. Um, if he is actually done with surgery, he's still got some recovery. Like he's still, you know, he's still not out of the woods yet, right? So, for Tanner Pearson, I don't think anything really surprised me. Um, I, I I don't. I, I think it was smart that the organization let him speak. I'm not gonna, you know, like I know there's people saying like, why would they let him speak? It's like because people want to hear from him, right? Yeah. And look, we're not gonna speculate or anything, but Pearson probably also has a say in that, right? Is saying like, yeah, I would actually like to talk or whatever, right? So, look. With Tanner Pearson, all it comes down to is everybody wants to see him get better. There were no real surprises. I wasn't surprised to see that he w- didn't want to comment too much on the situation. But again, him not saying anything in the sense of um, all he said was, I'm not going to get into it, but the people who need to know, know how I feel about it type thing. Look, that speaks volumes, right? Um, we've heard Elliot Friedman talk about how if he can't get another contract after this, um, Pearson may be filing a grievance against the Canucks. But again, there's still is still a year left on that contract. We're not there yet, so let's just kind of see how it goes for him in the summer. I think first and foremost, everybody just wants to see him get 100 percent 
uh, and back to being him being his everyday self. Yeah, another takeaway was Elias Patterson talking about taking the contract extension a little bit slowly. He said he liked to hear in Vancouver. I think winning is something that's very important to him, obviously. It's something we've heard from him over the past couple of years, really, now about uh, you know talking about his future with the Vancouver Canucks. Winning's important. Winning's very important to this guy. So we'll have to see um, how slow contract talks are really going. Uh, this might just be, listen, this is a, he's got a top tier agent. They keep everything under the wraps pretty good, uh, but we'll have to see what happens if they can get a deal done sooner rather than later. That's the hope for everyone. Um, from hearing JP Barry on Donnie and Dolly just yesterday, sounds like Barry wants that eight year deal. We'll see, you know, the way the agent speaks for a player normally is pretty accurate. Uh, eight years is be something I would love to see for Elias Patterson. I wish you could sign him for 20 years. Um, so we'll have to see what that happens there. Any comments on that? Or do you want me to just move forward here, Quads? Uh, no, no, no real comments on that. But uh, when we get to Brock Besser, I got a lot on that. But no real comments on that. No surprises. Again, like, that's the thing is these these press conferences rarely actually bring anything where you're like, oh, my gosh, like, there's something that we really need to talk about. Look, Elise Pettersson, um, when it comes to that, I think even the thing that's more surprising about it is what Alvin had to say about it after. Yeah. Um, and what Alvin basically said was, you know, we can come into next year and it doesn't really seem like the organization is in any sort of rush to extend them. And I don't know how much of a problem I have with that, to be honest with you. Talk to me in a couple months and we'll see how negotiations are going when stuff, of course, gets leaked and everything like that. But I don't think I really have a problem with that. Them saying, you know, we're just going to take it slow and everybody's going to get to their summer and then we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's not, you know fire alarms going off but it is just like yeah you know you'd like to hear a little bit more confidence about like getting this done this is our guy we're giving him a blank check eight years whatever he wants like do that do that for this guy do that for Elias Pettersson every Canuck fan will nobody no Canuck fan's gonna look at the money that Elias Pettersson's getting over eight years and be like geez that's a little much like it's just not gonna happen um whether it's 10 million 11 million I think it's gonna be lower than that I think it's gonna be in the 10 somewhere um, and I think it's going to be a good deal throughout the contract. So uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, and you mentioned, yeah, some stuff from Alvin that he commented on it as well. Feeling good about where they're at with him, which is a good thing. Uh, and we'll have to see what comes across there. I thought, uh, speaking of coming across, I thought JT Miller came across really well in the player media availability. Um, handling a couple of things, even the the, the relationship with him and Pedersen, uh, kind of answering some of those questions. Just a couple little leadership roles, like especially when he was asked about leadership. Um, I found this kind of interesting, too, to kind of tie it in. Felt like when the question about a captain or the question about leadership, whether it was asked to a player, whether it was asked to the coach or the GM, who was the first name that came off of all of them? It was Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes was the guy. Listen, Pedersen got mentioned a bunch as well. A lot of the times it was uh, Quinn and Petey or, you know, Pedersen and Hughes. But it was always, always, always Quinn Hughes was in the conversation. No matter if it was a player, the coach, or the GM, they all mentioned Quinn Hughes. I've been telling you guys for months, Quinn Hughes is going to be the captain. I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. Um, one thing on the note of those three names that you just mentioned, Quinn Hughes, Elias Patterson, and JT Miller, is another thing that we heard Talkett say was that the leadership group, those three guys, are spearheading the Canucks' efforts to get their players in early and ahead of training camp, you know, ahead of the preseason, all that sort of stuff, skating early and making sure they're ready to actually hit the ground running. Chris, I won't, thinking back here, the leadership group was the last to arrive for those informal skates at eight rinks, right? Like, first it was Vasily Podkolzin. I think Vasily Podkolzin was the first guy here. Um, then it was Kuzmenko. The Russians all arrived um, very early for the informal skates at eight ranks. Thatcher Demko was here super early to work with Ian Clark, obviously rehabbing his injury and all that sort of stuff. Um, wanted to be ready for the season. Colin Delia here early. Um, I remember everybody made a big deal that Mikey DiPietro didn't show up early. Um, but, you know, some of the last guys to arrive, like Elias Patterson, I think was among the first of Patterson, Hughes, Miller, and Horvat, and again, I know at the time Pedersen and Hughes weren't in the leadership group, but my point being here is that those guys that are, you know, as Talkett's saying, need to set the standard, mm. those guys weren't here. <laughs> like, they didn't show up super early this past offseason. And again, they're not contractually obliged to. I'm not even trying to rip them, and a lot of people are going to turn this into an anti-Horvat thing. But the fact that they are now saying, okay, no, we all need to get here early, and they're going to be the ones that lead by example. How much do we hear Alvin talk about practice habits, all that stuff, setting the standard? This leadership group is now going to start doing that. 
it kind of sucks that it took Rick Tockett giving them a little kick in the butt, but it seems like it's working, right? So the fact that these guys are going to be arriving and, you know, like Tockett said, spearheading the efforts for everybody to get here early. I You really like to see that if you're a fan of this team, especially when you consider what it was this past offseason. Um, when, like I said, when players arrived late, uh, look, Bo Horvat didn't have a contract. You can't really blame him too much. But, um, you know, I, I I think it's it's obviously a good thing that these guys are arriving uh, when they are. And if you're taking in a ton of Canucks media and you're listening to all the podcasts and all the radio shows, you probably heard some of these clips, but we'll play some of the clips. I hate to reverse this on you, Alex, uh, but we'll get the talk it on conditioning one loaded up here because you brought it up. Hey, eh? like they're going to be here early. We're, we'll have to see. This is what talk it wants. This is something I think a standard heat set. This, this is no longer a country club if it ever was one. Okay, like talk it's gonna. I think this summer is going to tell us if this is a country club or not. Uh, are these guys back here? Are they working extremely hard? Is a training camp something that? Like I, I thought they skated hard in Whistler. Do I think that it was an extremely hard training camp? No, not really. They had some some scrimmages that I thought were pretty exciting, but practices weren't like they were they were high intensity. Don't get me wrong, but they weren't at the level where we were like, oh my goodness, look at a Bruce Boudreaux training camp. It really you know challenges these guys. It was like it wasn't that bad. I mean, it was a training camp. It was professional athletes going through a, a training camp to prepare for the season. They were challenged. I wouldn't say challenge to an extreme like we might see here with Talkit. It wasn't like we saw Ollie Olevi in a corner uh, starfish like hey. we did back in Abbotsford when it was a Travis Green camp. And hey, we we know Travis Green and Rick Talkett are similar minds here. Like I'm I'm not going to be surprised to see some real bag skates with Talkett, and that's not something we saw a ton with Boudreau. And Talkett obviously spoke about the other level of fitness that this team needs to achieve. Also, Brock Besser getting a. Actually, we'll talk about that after. We'll talk about better. Yeah, yeah. Alex, let's play the clip. Let's yeah, play this let's, clip from Talkit. Let's get Rick Talkit here on conditioning. Yeah. I'm- There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not throwing anywhere the bus. I, I just know... From my past success, you know, I've had failures myself and, and, and successes. There's a level of fitness that you have to achieve, achieve to, to, to go to the levels you want. And um, no, they weren't at that level. Uh, are, they, were they, are, are we getting there? I hope so. Um, but no. All right. want to get to a couple comments before we get to the Brock Besser stuff. Mad Sadis says, came in late, favor looking spiffy and quads with no hat. Mad Sadis likes the hair quads. Which, by the way, feels like every week we come in here. I think Alex will agree with me on this. Every week we come in here, I swear you got a different hairstyle. Every Monday you show up and it's like, I don't know, you went and saw your aunt out there. Bada bing, bada boom, it's a different hairstyle. It's, it's, I don't know what you're doing with that thing. That hair's growing like a, you know, like a bad weed. All this time well, off, he's thing. got that glow back. Yeah, Dude, look at him. Look at him. Oh. He looks 19 again. Look at him. He's got that puppy glow. All right, um, let's let's move forward here. You mentioned Brock Besser. Brock Besser does not want to be traded, according to Brock Besser. Does that change anything, that comment? I mean, it was a pretty firm comment from Brock Besser. Does that change anything for this offseason here? Because he's a name who is going to be in the mix. 
I don't think it changes anything. I wonder, like, look, we, we know Ben Hankinson, his agent, has been contacting teams basically all season long about finding a potential trade suitor, right? And it's just hard to make a deal in today's NHL, especially with a winger who has commitments to him uh, beyond just this season, right? We know there was some interest in Besser, but it was nothing that the Canucks were going to pull the trigger on. They chose to hang on to the asset at the trade deadline. I don't think that they're going to be in a rush to move Brock Besser. I think it's going to be the same philosophy, Chris, where they're not going to move him for nothing. Like they're going to want something good back. They still think he's a good player. He had a strong finish to the season. Um, Look, like, let's just say that everything that was said this past weekend and on Monday by both Besser and Patrick Alvin all suggests that Brock Besser should have some trade value, right? Like he finished the season really strong. He wants to be a Canuck. The Canucks seem like they're in no rush to move him. If a team wants him, they're going to have to actually buck up. It's not the same situation where, um, you know, the agent's going to be trying to make a trade happen. It's just when when Besser says something like, I want to be here, and, you know, kind of talked about how maybe that wasn't really the case earlier in the year, right? Like, that's kind of the insinuation that you pick up there. Um, You need to at least see what you have, right? And I think a lot of people are going to be tired of hearing that, right? And... The one thing I want to bring up is just that comment from Alvin about his off-season preparedness, Brock Besser's off-season preparation, right? And he said he needs to change what he does in the off-season to actually be ready for training camp. And that quote spoke volumes to me. And it was really funny to me because there was someone a week or two ago in the Canucks Army comment section saying... The real problem with Brock Besser is that he plays in that stupid De Beauty League, the glorified oh. beer league in Minnesota. And, and someone was pointing that out, and you hear Alvin say this. One, Alvin obviously reads Canucks Army, but two, does he check the comment section? Because those that what do you take that as, Chris? Because to no. me, that 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 to me sounds like Alvin saying, I want to see him do something different. Look. Maybe the beauty league isn't working out for Brock. Hey, he scores goals there, gets his confidence up. I think it's a good thing. The the What I take from that comment is that, listen, Brock had a tough start to the season. Injury to start the year, infection to follow that up. I think what Alvin's kind of saying, the way I took it anyways, I know a lot of people took it the other way, the way that you're talking about, negative media. The way I'm taking it is that <laughs> Patrick Alvin wants him to be 100% healthy and 100% well coming into the season. He wasn't that this past year. He wasn't 100% coming into the year. There was a hand injury at the end of training camp. He's he's really got to spend a lot of time in this offseason making sure that he's 100% coming into it. I don't think he came into camp out of shape. That's how you That's how you took that comment? That's how you took the he needs to change his offseason preparedness? That's how you maybe. took that comment? Yeah, maybe. Look, I don't think the Larsh cast still makes episodes, but holy cow, if they ever want to revive it, okay. you've got the take for them. Holy smokes. Why not? Why would it not be in that direction? How important is his offseason this year for? That, that, you're, you're missing the quote. What Alvin said was he needs to change his offseason preparedness. It doesn't mean he needs to not get hurt. That's not what that means. That's simply not what Alvin meant That offseason preparedness wasn't Context. prepared well. Wasn't prepared enough. Yeah, but... If you're injured, that's to no fault of your own. That's the point that I think Calvin was making was that he can control this and he needs to change his offseason preparedness from when he can control it. That's what I think he's talking about. All right. Hey, agree to disagree. Um, aside from Brock Besser, we have a ton of Alvin audio to get to. Uh, let's start with the buyouts because that was probably the other big thing that we took away from Alvin on Monday. No intention for buyouts said Patrick Alvin. We've been talking about this for a long time, whether it be Connor Garland, whether it be Oliver ekman Larson, those are kind of the two names that are out there quite a bit. Does not sound like those are his intentions now, but it was interesting the way that he said these quotes. I think this quote can be broken down. We could do a full show on this quote. Other people in the market have done a full show on this quote. Let's hear from Patrick Alvin, and we'll break it down first for his no intention for buyouts. My intention is not to use buyouts. Um, I get the support from from uh, Jim and the, the ownership here to be, uh, you know, to, to, to put up put a competitive team in place here. But my vision too is like, you know, if you do buyouts now, they might they might affect you down the road. And and I just think that this group is uh, 
touching the surface of becoming a good team. So I don't want to use buyouts. If we don't have to, I don't want to use buyouts. It's going to affect us in a couple of years when this group is actually hopefully taking off. So as I said, the intention is not using buyouts at this point. Cody Sievertson, actually, his, his chat showed up here for the first time ever on me here on, in the YouTube chat. He's got a good point. Think about everything Brock had to go through last offseason. You think he was, uh, you know, able to be training every day? I doubt it. Uh, you have to worry about your mental health and the situation with everything going on there. I think that's what he's getting at. I think that's what he's getting at. All right, Cody's back to being muted, but that was a good point there. Uh, this offseason's big for Brock, and he's probably going to be able to be a lot more focused on hockey and no fault against him. He lost his dad last offseason. I'm not expecting that to be the best offseason of getting bigger and stronger and mentally being ready for the season. I, 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 I just lost a parent last year, too. It's, it's really hard. It takes a long time. I think that's kind of what maybe he's getting at a little bit. This offseason, he can focus on hockey. He can focus on his job at least better than it was last year. And no fault to him. I mean, this, no fault to him at all. I completely understand. Um, but now you think he's probably mentally in a much better spot than he was last year. Big off season for Brock. I think he'll be in a Canucks jersey next year. Um, but from that, from the buyouts, yeah. I, I I wasn't really surprised very much in the end. Like I wasn't really surprised the way Alvin said it because it's, he, he didn't come out and say we are not going to buy out a player. He said we have no intention of buying out a player of using buyouts. From that, I take away of like okay. When do you have to buy a player out? July, June 31st? It's uh, right before the, the July 1st kicks in? Or maybe it is July 1st. Anyways, that day. So you're going to have the draft go by. Sorry, you're going to have the, the playoffs play out. You're going to have the draft lottery happen. You're going to have the draft go by. You're going to have trade trades flying all over the place during that. Then if things do not work out for the Canucks and they have to, I think buyouts would still be on the table. So yes, those aren't his intention right now. His, his intention isn't to use buyouts. But his intentions, probably all of them aren't going to come true in this offseason as well. So maybe he has to get to the point of using a bio. I don't think this completely throws it out the window and says, okay, well, it's not going to happen. It just, if everything works out and their whole plan comes together, then they didn't have to use a bio. But if every single part of their plan can't successfully be attained, hey, maybe they do. So I don't take this as a full, buyouts are not happening. I don't look at it that way. Kyle Singh in the YouTube live chat said buyouts would have been something I'd want to ask Rutherford about considering he implied it in his letter to season ticket holders. There was another moment yesterday, Chris, where our our pal Patrick Johnson asked Patrick Alvin about uh, the practice rink and Alvin even made a joke. He said, well, I guess Jim should have been here. (laughs) And yeah, he should have like Jim Rutherford should have been there. And again, we don't know. Maybe there's something going on. We don't know anything about that, but Look, it would be nice to have the president make an appearance. And I believe Farhan on the VanCast said that he um, briefly texted Jim Rutherford uh, about all that. But we're not going to get into all of that. On the topic of buyouts, Chris, I wish we could just have a little more honesty. Like, how fun would it be if... Because obviously, like, elephant in the room. Everybody knows we're talking about Oliver ekman Larson, sure, right? Like, yeah. I wish Alvin could just answer the question, like, look, Thomas... $20 million is a lot of money, okay? And that's just his answer. Like, he just he just throws it out like that, and that's the that's the beginning and the end of the conversation because I think what it comes down to, Chris, is that is ultimately what the holdup is. That's a lot of money to pay someone not to play for the team. And I know Alvin talked about, oh, well, long-term, uh, you know, that's going to hurt us if, you know, down the road. I think having Oliver ekman Larson on your blue line and on your books for as long as he already is with his current contract, and he's got to play for you. Like, he has no movement clause. You can't send him down. You can't do anything to get this guy out, get this guy out of here other than, of course, LTIR um, and a buyout. Like, they're stuck. They're stuck here. Like, they're stuck with Oliver ekman Larson is how it really feels, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, is it worse to pay Oliver ekman Larson his wage for the next four seasons, or is it worse to spread three and a half, three and a half, yeah, three and a half years worth of his salary over eight years? And it's like maybe butting the bullets the better way because you're not really getting that much cap savings in total, right? Like you're gonna have to end up dealing with, geez, like twenty million dollars plus, like you said, over the years here. It's like, yes, the, the money's going to be expensive anyways if you're just having him on your books as a cap hit. But at the same time, like, I don't know. It, it just, I, I think the way that Alvin did say it was like, hey, 
you brought it up, like that 25-26 season where he's getting a cap hit of of $4.7 million. You don't want that when your team's starting to go on the up. So I understand it. It just feels like uh, the only way to get rid of this contract is a buyout. You cannot trade this contract. You cannot do anything with this contract. I think they they are expecting this guy to come in and be on the third pairing and understand the role. That was something else that Alvin mentioned was like, he sees what's going on here with Philip Ronick coming in ahead of him. Uh, Quinn Hughes doing what he's doing as a left shot guy. OEL doesn't have a big role next year. Can he be effective in that role? Very possibly, yeah. Like, he could very possibly be effective in his role that he's given next year. The problem is, the role he's given next year isn't a $7 million role. That's not where he's going to end up playing next year. His role is going to be a guy that you could probably fill for $1.5 to $2.5 million. You're paying him at least triple that to play in the position that he's at right now because of his cap. So, a lot of interesting situation. But like I said, with the buyouts, I I just think it's going to come down to all the events leading up to the actual day where it's a possibility. And then we'll see. Are they all in for next season? If they are, if they're all in, all in, all in, they're buying out OEL. If they're not fully going all in for next season, which I, I don't think they're fully all in. They're kind of half in, right? They got like, they're not dipping their toes in the water. They're, they're up to like their knees, but they're not diving in head first yet. But they are getting into the water of trying to be a competitive playoff team. If they buy out OEL, boom, they're diving in. They're diving in full on for next year to be a competitive season because you're basically dealing with no money on an OEL buyout for next year, 140k cap hit. That's nothing. It comes back after I that. Think a better, a better analogy, Chris. I feel like is they're up to their knees, but instead of water, it's quicksand because you can't just pull yourself out. You're going down one way or another. You're, you're going down. If you're the Canucks, you're going to have to go all in eventually. Mm-hmm. You can't backpedal now. You you made the trade for Philip Ronick. You're back at this loop. You're back at your knees, right? And, you know, maybe, you know, in past years when they made the Horvat trade, um, you know, this past season, when they made the Horvat trade, maybe they were able to wiggle their way out of it a little bit, but then they sunk back in because they're, they're going back toward being all in. But I agree with you. They're not, you know, they're not. If they trade that first and buy out, that's the thing. OEL? Yeah. yeah. I think we can agree. That's that's when it's all in, right? Here, like that's here's what I think. You going all in, you think this is a team. I, I honestly like I get it. I get it if they do it. I, I totally understand it. They have a young core that they like. Listen, I I'm I wouldn't be what I would do if I was in control of this team, but it's like it's not going to it's not going to blow me away when it happens. Because it's very possible that it happens. It's very possible this team the way it's run from top to bottom thinks that they can be a playoff team next year that competes. And I'll tell you what, from watching a few of these playoff games already in the NHL, they need a lot of work, a lot more work than I think they can accomplish this off season. But I, I will not be surprised to see that first rounder get moved. OEL get bought out and try and give yourself the best chance to win the Stanley cup next season. And I just don't love that chance uh, in the end. So, um, uh, Let's move on. Anything? Okay, we got four things left. We'll touch on two of them. I'll let you choose. Do you want to go not trading Miller? We have to play that one, I think. You got to choose one of the next three. Talking about Huglander, talking about the goalie situation, or talking about the medical staff. One of those three, you choose. Alex will play it. Goalie situation. All right, so we'll talk about Patrick Alvin and the goalie situation. Um, he was asked about it with Archer Seelaws, with Colin Delia, uh, Spencer Martin. There's some options here. There are certainly some options. We know we have our preferences. And as much as I want to use the tweet from last night, by the way, which may be one of the best tweets on the Canucks Convo account ever, because Brock Faber with that save last night. We are going to have a little goalie talk for you, Quad. So let's hear from Patrick Alvin. I'll let you take this one away, Quads. I don't want involved on this one. Uh, here's Patrick Alvin talking about the goaltending situation for the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, as you recognize, daily I won a lot of games for us. Uh, Seelofs came up there and played well, and, and uh, Spencer Martin has shown that he's capable of playing well, and he's been playing well, playing well in Abbotsford here, uh, the second part, and, and the addition of uh, Tolapilo um, as a free agent goalie here. Um, we we obviously going to continue to talk, and, and um, you know, Delia, Delia played well for us, no doubt about it. So, let's start with Delia, because that's the name. He finished with 
I can see the Canucks based on that press conference and a few other things. I can see the Canucks re-signing Delia and basically going into this season with the same plan that they did this past off season. Mm. Although this year you're going to have this upcoming season, I should say, you're going to have Seelov's a year older with NHL games under his belt. And I think it remains the same, Chris, where what I said before in what I was saying was not that Delia would be re-signed. I was assuming that Delia would go somewhere else. If they can get something done with Delia, we're going to see the Canucks come back with the exact same thing. But if Thatcher Demko goes down with an injury, instead of a tandem of Delia and Spencer Martin, we're going to see Seelovs get that call up. He's going to be playing a ton in the AHL. And hey, let's not just forget about the guy they just signed, instead of uh, Nikita Tolapilo as well. Martin, Best goaltender in the Alfenskin get- League. And I've been watching the tape. I wanted to write something about it, but my clipping stuff is all off, but I don't have clips of it. But... This is a guy who's a prototypical Canucks goaltending prospect. And Chris, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And longtime listeners of the show will also know he's big. He's got really good raw talent, really good athleticism, leads to a lot of really nice looking saves. But you also notice sometimes that there's some technical problems with his game. And those are going to be ironed out. Like those are going to be things that he now comes and works on. I would, I, this guy is not just going to be an AHL backup. I, I would bet money that this guy plays NHL games. I don't know about next season, but it's still a long-term development project with this player, of course. But he's in good hands. Like He's got Marco Terenius down there in Abbotsford. Obviously, Ian Clark in Vancouver. Look, this is a guy. They're basically adding another Archer Seelovs to their team, right? Whoa, like Seelovs, hey, six-round quads. Pick, that's right? a lot from you. That's a lot from you. Another Seelovs. Well, dude, like... Yeah, the thing is, is you know, you're the top goalie in the Alsvenskin, right? <laughs> you're the top goalie in the Alsvenskin league, and you come here, you're going to play in the AHL. Look, like, they're basically adding another really solid goaltending prospect to their organization. I don't think you can like hate that. that at all. And I also think it's a... <laughs> I also think it plays against the idea that they're going to go out and sign somebody because it kind of feels like now they have... Um, you know, they have everything kind of set. And look, this guy just turned 23. Like, he turned 23, I believe, at the beginning of April was his birthday. I don't know. I try to remember every goalie in the system's birthday, and I believe he's sometime in April. Uh, he just turned 23. I, I know his. He's he just turned 23. So, look, you're adding this goalie to the system. I, I don't think they're going to sign anybody. I know that was a topic of conversation. I didn't think they were going to before, but now I really, really don't think... They're going to sign a goaltender on July 1st if it's not Colin Delia. Yeah, they have options, right? Lots of options. It'll be interesting to see what this Tolapilo guy looks like, right? Uh, maybe we get a look at him at development camp. I, I, I think we can expect him at development camp. They, they like to have goalies a little bit older, especially guys with no North American pro experience. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. A uh, little bit extra on ice time with Ian Clark. I think that's a good thing. But I do have to play this to uh, get out of this topic here. We'll get to the uh, Alvin on the no Miller stuff in a second. Faber may have saved the game. Faber may have saved the game. That's it. I just wanted to play the save. Beautiful Brock, Brock uh, Faber save. My cousin Brock out there. Uh, good guy. There was no audio. No, damn. Well, people get it. <laughs> people get oh, the. Oh, sorry to the podcast again. I've been screwing it up for the podcast, folks. What, what's going on with the audio? Okay, well, I'll have a talk with somebody here. Uh, let's get the final one here from Patrick Alvin. The shows we've been running here, we, we're not going to have a lot of time to wrap everything else up. We will hit everything quickly, but I do want to get this last audio in. Patrick Alvin, who I thought did a better job, had some jokes. This was part of him, uh, talking about trading JT Miller. we got a Burt Cam over there um, as well. Oh, he's nibbling on his own foot, um, as puppies do. Here's Patrick Alvin talking about not, not trading JT Miller. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always listen to uh, to calls uh, to improve our hockey club. Uh, hockey club here, um, JT. Uh, again, since I get in here a year ago, I think he was traded everywhere. <laughs> all the rumors uh, for him to block all that out, uh, come back and be a big part of the of the leadership group here. Uh, the the game or the the last 30 games how we played was pretty impressive the two-way game uh in my opinion i think it's it's not that many player with that kind of skill set and the hardness in the league that jt miller so um i'm very happy to have him here um 
but, uh, you know, if anybody calls and, you know, hey, Gretzky got traded too. I, I'm not saying I'm not going to trade him, but I'm very pleased to have JT Miller and Vancouver Canucks. I had a very good uh, laugh. Couldn't control myself uh, when Drance followed up and said, so you're going to trade him then. Uh, that was excellent stuff uh, from Thomas Drance. Uh, you know what? I'm going to spend more time on Friday with Harm touching on this. I do want to get to some – we got a bunch of other stuff here. Alex is – you know, he's in my area. He's pissed. We haven't we haven't hit the second thing on the ticker yet. Uh, we have five minutes left in the show. Uh, so let's get to uh, – Let's. Uh, I'll spend some time. Uh, quickly, just give me like 30 seconds. Did you take away anything from, from the way that he spoke about JT Miller there? No, we're going to be doing this again. We know we're going yep, to be doing it again. Uh, there was a report from Friedman and 32 Thoughts, um, obviously, that they were looking for two first-round picks and a prospect. You have to think that was Owen Pickering, and the Pittsburgh Penguins just weren't willing to do it. So uh, no surprises there. I don't think he's going to get moved this offseason, but we're going to talk about it. I'm sure there's going to be reports, there's going to be rumors, and we're going to dive right back into it, I'm sure, in a couple months here. You betcha. Alright, um, I'll talk more about Niels Huglander, more about JT Miller. We'll do a lot of that. Uh, probably some more on Thursday, you and I, and then uh, Harm and I will have big circle back situation there, because we're going to spend a lot of time about the AHL uh, on Thursday as well. Let's get to an AHL update. Quads, I know you're ready to get me rolling here, um, but first, as first reported by at D on Twitter, Christian Willanen has been awarded the Eddie Shore Award as the AHL's outstanding defenseman this season. Quads, you're breaking AHL news, stepping on my turf. Check underneath your pillow for a horse head tonight. I'll be saying that. Um, All right, Canucks and Condors, they end up playing tomorrow, first AHL playoff game uh, at the Abbotsford Center for the Abbotsford Canucks and their organization. Super excited for tomorrow's game. What do you want to know, Quads? I'll give you, uh, we got not a lot of time here, but what do you want to know? Talk to me about last year's playoff against the Condors and how it's different this year. Yep. Uh, Bakersfield hosted all three games. They didn't need all three games, two games there. A lot of players returning. I think it's like 16 or 17 guys uh, from that Abbotsford team last year are back here with the Abbotsford Canucks. And the interesting name, people will know this in this market, Justin Bailey, uh, who played some games for Abbotsford last year, played in uh, Vancouver as well last year. Uh, and the year before that, he was with the Canucks organization for a little bit. He's on Bakersfield scoring a lot of goals as he does in the AHL. He'll be a guy that the defense needs to key in on. And that defense core for the Abbotsford Canucks, man, it's coming together extremely well for them. Like uh, like uh, David Quadrelli broke today on Twitter, Christian Willanen, he's going to be back. You got Jack Rathbone there. You got Zach Jatari, who's been uh, you know a guy who plays a ton of minutes and an AHL veteran. He'll be in the lineup. Jet Wu, Philip Johansson's down there. Hey, they got a real good you know six-man unit down there for their defense core, so it's going to be nice to see them match up. Uh, and they're playing good defense going into the year as well. What else, Quads? What else you want to know? Uh, the X factors in this series, like who who's starting in goal for Abbotsford? I think is the other one that a lot of people want to know. Yeah, I'm going to guess that it's going to be Archer Seelaws just from the way that he was deployed the week before. He got the opportunity to start in the midweek game. That was good for him to get an opportunity to go in there and play, and then play on the weekend as well. I think they were warming him up for that kind of uh, situation to play in. And it'll be interesting to watch some of the young guys as well. You know, Abbotsford's got a lot of young players. I've talked about it throughout the season. Uh, it's been something fun to follow for this group, absolutely. Uh, but the Condors, they got like Dylan Holloway. Sounds like he's going to be down there for the HL playoffs. He's not with the Edmonton Oilers right now for the NHL playoffs. Uh, Raphael Lavoie is one guy down there as well as a young player and this guy named Tulio. Uh, they, got, they got some young players down there in Bakersfield. It's going to be a couple of young teams going against each other here uh, with a lot of skills. So, That'll be fun to follow in that one. Gets going on Wednesday. We're going to do a post-game show on Thursday. We'll spend a lot of time talking about the game. Uh, and I have an article up on Canucks Army right now from some conversation that I had with Danila Klimovich. Check that out. That was a great chat with him. Got some good quotes uh, from his linemate, Atu Ratu, as well. Uh, Ryan Johnson gave some good stuff on the broadcast that I stole and put in the article there. Uh, and I talked to the head coach, Jeremy Colton, as well. Check that out over on Canucks Army. Uh, it's one of those articles that I am proud of for writing. I enjoyed writing it, uh, which isn't all of them, because I got, normally got a whip on my back uh, as I'm writing most of my articles. Uh, playoffs, NHL playoffs. We'll close out here. Uh, or we got one more thing I'll get to after that. Any, uh, what did you enjoy last night from the game? I got three things. Uh, the Oilers blowing the lead was really funny. Yep. I feel bad for our oily boyfriends over in Edmonton, but it was really funny because, it, it, look, it, it's good hockey, right? Like you're, I was thinking that the Kings were going to be a really easy matchup for the Oilers. Like I thought the Oilers were just going to blow right past them. 
look, that was really cool. That was really cool to see that. Obviously, the double OT as well in Dallas and Minnesota. That series obviously has some life in it with the Matt Dumba hit, which I, I guess we'll talk about at another time. I just, I don't know. Like, to me, that that's a legal hit. I don't think it's necessarily clean. I don't think clean and legal are the same thing, mm. right? And I, look, I think we've been saying it for a little bit now that if that's a clean hit, that the NHL rules probably needs to change given what we know about head injuries and everything like that. But look, like that's a clean hit. And, and I saw someone bring this up on Twitter. Like 20 years ago, that's just a hit. Oh, yeah. People are expecting to get hit like that, especially in the playoffs. So maybe 20 is even a lot, like even more recent than that. That's just a hit, right? And Look, I'm not. I, I hope Joe Pavelski's okay. It's just that. Look, I, I know the game's changed, and I, I'm all for the conversation of uh, some sort of rule change so that hits like that aren't allowed in the game. But given the rules right now, I think you could argue that it was a little bit late. I don't even know if that's really the case. Because um, look, like, go watch playoffs from years past, right? And it's that that hit that's wasn't really hits. that. Those out are of the playoff ordinary. hits. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, that's that's playoff oh. hockey, right? That's that's the way it's going to go. Uh, Karan, or as you call him, Karen, uh, Oilers are overrated and Kings are extremely underrated. Could be interesting. Hey, everybody is highly rating the Oilers in the playoff. How many people have you seen on uh, TV or on radio or whatever it is? Oilers are my team. They're coming out of the West. Hey, they're a good team. And I thought, I, I tweeted out last night, they were playing with their food last night when uh, in that game, and, it, and they ended up choking on it. So, uh John and John, this is another one. Sonny Demott brought this up. Uh, John and John doing the Boston game. Um, shout out to them, even if it is Boston. Yes, they were one of the three things I wanted to bring up. Uh, you touched on the Wild and the Oilers game. The OTs were a lot of fun uh, to roll into those two last night. That was a blast um, there. But the, the, seeing John and John, that's the one I was listening to. I had the two, uh, two TVs going, just wanted the audio from John and John. It was great to see them. And I'll tell you what, those two, you know, we love them here in this market. But when I was switching between games, you get a real opportunity to do this and you to hear the different level of commentary. They were the best, man. The best flow to a hockey game. It, it, that's the thing. It's, you know, when you're promoting this game and you're just promoting it for folks who aren't at the game who are watching it on television, those two do such a good job. Such a good job of just keeping, you know, bringing the flow of what it's like to be at a game to a broadcast when you're at home watching it on your couch. John and John's so good at that. Um, so yeah, I didn't like seeing them in a Bruins jersey last night, but uh, it was good to see, uh, good to hear them on the call. Anyways, uh, you mentioned it, Minnesota beat Dallas. Uh, the Bruins won their game as well. Uh, we'll. We'll probably circle around a little bit. It'll be interesting to watch the Leafs play tonight. We'll touch on some stuff on Thursday's show, which will be our next show. Uh, finally, uh, we can get the video up. Alex of Lecaire Mackey goal. Jonathan Lecaire Mackey game two of his Alsvenskian finals. The finals of the playoff are going on right now. He's in the finals. Game two, they lost game one, but Jonathan LeCaramacki scores a goal in game two here. Beautiful little power play goal. The wrist shot, I saw some people commenting on here right off the top. People are saying it looks very Naslin-esque. You know, but they like this one. They uh, This is a nice little goal, real good wrist shot, and he beats him short side. with a goal. To, and look, the, the goalie takes away a lot of space here. That's a real nice shot into the short side there. Um, great stuff there uh, from Jonathan LeCaramacchi. I love to see it. And I tell you what, this morning, as we wrap up the show here, we do, uh, I think we've talked about this before, Tuesday morning we do our our big uh, company-wide content meeting. Is that what we call this thing? Content meeting? Yep. You, and there's all, listen, our our home base, the big rigs, they're all in Edmonton. Oilers Nation is the is the dog, you know, is like the, the Delilah Demko of our of our dogs here. They're the front runner. Those those folks from Oilers Nation, they were not well today. There was some very uh, very short answers in uh, in the, what they're planning for the week of content. But I tell you what, when you got the playoffs going on, I guess it's like a different animal. I you know I'm in there with my grandiloquence of questions and ideas and content that we're going to pump out, telling it all as it is. And I got I got people coming in from Oilers Nation. None of the, they couldn't form a damn sentence, not in the way that I did. I was ready to go. Seven thirty this morning at the meeting. I was rocking it. So that's all I was gonna say. Are you? Are you? Um, as we close here with the Oilers, are you? Are you against them winning? Are you like against? Like uh, I know, like as our jobs, we we're not like supposed to cheer for them, but it's good for the company if the Oilers do well. That's just how it is for us. As it's like good for the NHL if the if the Leafs do well and win, it, the, you know, the salary cap goes up. We like more eyes on something like Oilers Nation, but 
I, I don't think I'm that far against the Oilers winning like a lot of Canucks fans are. A lot of Canucks fans really don't want the Oilers to win. Like, I, I, I McDavid's going to win at some point in his career. I don't have a problem with it being this year. Yes. Um, obviously, you brought up the company aspect. It's also good for the company, might I remind you, Chris, if the Leafs win. Oh, come but on. To that extent. And I'm even... I'm I'm running the leaf site right now. Like I'm, I'm pulling all the strings back there. I'm, you know, I'm kind of managing that site right now. And even, even with all that, I'm still not sure if I want to see the Leafs win. Don't show this to anybody over at, uh, at our leaf site, but I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure if I can bring myself after years and years of saying, Oh man, it like, it's just funny for the memes. If they get bounced in the first round every single year, right? It is funny. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I have no problem if the Oilers win. I still probably, if I'm being honest, do have a problem if the Leafs win. Just because just cause the coverage and everything we're going to hear about it on the national sports networks, right? Like the sports networks that, that do the whole country. Just imagine what we're going to see if the Leafs just win one round. Like there will be documentaries made on them winning one round and slaying the dragon and beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're legitimately, you know it to be true. That's why I think we have to, uh, we still have to say, yeah, it's okay if the Oilers win, not so much if the Leafs win. I just, uh, I don't want the Leafs to win. I don't want the, Alex, where are you at with the Leafs winning? Because you're in Ottawa. You're an Ottawa guy. Are you, are you, are you very anti Maple Leafs? Yeah, they, they don't need to win. They don't need to win. Uh, their fans will show up anyway. They can't get a ticket in their own rink and they will show up anyway and support that team and look at the articles and all of that stuff, whether they win or not. And look at, you said that the the league needs, you know, needs the Leafs to do well, to do, to do do well. Mm -hmm. But look at the the last, what was the last time they won? Way back. And look at where that league was then. And look at where the league is. And the league has done just fine (laughs) without them winning. Yeah, I, I'm with you and there too. Keep going on this path and let the train keep going. It's a, and uh, like we talked about that last week, we like to see that that's that. I like to see that sweeping crane shot of all those Leaf fans on in Leaf Square and that, that devastation on their face when their team has collapsed again. It's just it's one of the best traditions. I th- I think no, it's very funny because here in the West Coast, it's like we don't want the Leafs to win. I, over there in Ontario, Alex really doesn't want the Leafs to win. I like it. Alex is passionate. Like, hey, I, I'm with. I'm. I would like to see them. Run, like I would love for this. Is this not the best possible story for everybody outside of Toronto? It's like they get to Game Seven. They be, I've, and I've said this before. There, there's some good. There's some good things. Some bad things. If they lose in Game Seven to the Lightning, that's one thing. But imagine if they win and they they win in seven games and they're rolling in to play the Boston Bruins fresh off a sweep with like a week of rest. Like that would be awesome too. Like there's some situations here. The Leafs are going to have to battle some demons to get to the Stanley Cup final. And I don't think they can handle these demons. I, I have a feeling they probably know. Like you're matching up against the Lightning who are proven winners to start. And then you're following that up with the Bruins. <laughs> yeah, right. Get Good luck. Uh, so I'm not really worried about them winning the Cup. They can win around if they want. I think they can slay that Dragon or whatever uh, because the Dragon is absolutely going to slay them in the second round, and the Dragon is the Boston Bruins. All right, we got to everything. Jonathan LeCaramacki goal. That's all good stuff. Uh, Elias Patterson still going to join us on the show later this week, so we're excited for that. The, right, or the, uh, the left shot defenseman, Elias Patterson, that is, joining us from Sweden. He's excited to come back on the show. Uh, I'm excited to have him. He's a great interview. So we'll get to him later on in the week. And uh, yes, I saw that earlier. The word of the day today. Grandiloquence. Oh, good word. I tried to sneak it in earlier, but I got it in there at the end. We'll take it there. Burt Cam to finish up. I don't know. Are we doing the tank? Are we still tanking out of here, Alex? He's got it ready to lock and loaded. I bet we can tank our way out of here. Um, even though we can't, no, but we can't. Okay. They, they're not. There's no. There's no games to tank. It's anymore. a. It's a good point. But now it's kind of awkward just going out. What What did we used to finish with? We used to have some music to finish a show, right? I can't remember. We got Bert. Yeah. We almost had a. Hey, there we go. We go Look at this. The, the quad cam. Quad cam. All right, uh, quads get us out of here. 
Okay, we'll close it up there. I was going to bring him in, but he is sleeping, and you don't wake a sleeping puppy, so I'm not going to go. Oh, okay, him. never mind, never mind, never mind. Your mic is garbage. Okay, for Alex Allard, our producer, my co-host David Quadrelli, thank you very much for tuning in and watching these beautiful Eagles on the YouTube channel. We're here live. We'll be back on Thursday at 1 o'clock. We'll be back on Friday, Harm and myself, uh, 1 o'clock. So those are our episodes for the rest of the week. Nothing tomorrow. Uh, we'll catch you guys on Thursday. Thank you very much for my co-host, David Quadrelli, and our producer, Alex Allard. My name's Chris Faber, and this has been another episode of The Canucks Conversation. Wrap it up. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 